listening to The Wilder Podcast. Episode number 29 with me, Carson Dupree. Hi guys. Happy Wednesday, August 22nd. This episode is coming at you nice and crispy on a Thursday, so I guess that would be the 23rd. And this week's guest is Bryn Hunt Palmer of the Birth Hour Podcast, um, which is one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It really got me through a tough time in my life, which was also one of the most magical times, and it was my pregnancy, and it was the final days of my pregnancy. I don't know if you guys remember, but I was literally on all of my Instagram stories, the, the, the scarce ones that I would do. Uh, because I was trying to spend less time on my phone and on Instagram, but I was usually walking and I would walk, I tried to walk 10,000 steps a day. And so that was about five miles. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so much walking. Anyway, I would listen to two or three episodes a day and they kept me sane and it kept me kind of on my toes because you hear every scenario from like the perfect ideal dream home birth, which is what I was going for, to something a little bit more unexpected like an emergency cesarean or something like that, which it was just nice to be prepared for. And some people I I would guess don't want to hear all of the different scenarios, but in general I did. And so um, this was a really special episode for me. Um... And Bryn actually reached out and asked if I wanted to be on her podcast. So I was able to share my birth story on her podcast, which was so special. And it was episode 241, but that will be linked in the show notes if you wanted to hear my full birth story um, episode. It is on her podcast, and I did not do one on my podcast. So you're going to have to go there to listen to that one. Um, And I still listen to it sometimes. I've listened to it like three or four times uh, because it's just so special. And it was not that long ago. Um, That's what it feels like. I guess it was a long time ago. But anyway, this episode is great. I actually get to ask Bren a few questions about her and what it's like to be a full-time podcaster, which she is one, which is so awesome. Um, She does the podcast and I just talked to her about how what it's like being pregnant with baby number three and listening to sometimes, you know, traumatic loss stories or traumatic birth stories and what what it's like to try to protect your energy whenever you're doing that kind of work, what brought her to birth, to the birth sphere and all that jazz, which is cool. We also get to talk to, to her about her um, recent love of essential oils and she is a... Um, seller for young living which is something that I'm sure you guys have heard about and um I know that I have but it's not something that I've really given much thought to in the past and Bryn is so open with me and shared so much knowledge and answered all of my questions because I do have a lot um and she created her own Instagram account um to kind of just explore her essential oil journey and to share some information with everybody. So we do talk about that in this episode. So if you feel a little bit skeptical, just stay open-minded and maybe you'll learn a little something, something. And I will have all of her accounts linked in the show notes for this episode. So that's the intro for Bren. For me, I can't think of many announcements this week. I know that Friday is my dad's birthday and 
Next Friday, I'm taking Phoenix to his nine-month checkup, which is just so sweet. I also, dun-dun-dun, I don't know if this is kind of like dumb, but we opened a savings account and we have money in it. And I'm just feeling really good about that um, because we've been really trying to save as I started working a little bit and everything's just feeling really great in my life. And that might be like kind of personal and you might be like, why is she sharing that information? But just want you guys to know that I'm a normal person just like you and that's some good news in my life. Uh, uh, uh. That was me doing a happy dance. Anyway, today's been a weird day for me. I like have just been so couch bound physically. I'm just tired. I don't think I slept very well last night, but I'm good in spirits. You know, my spirits are high um, and everything's good in my life. I'm just super grateful. But yeah, what a lame little bit of announcements on my behalf. It's literally like 8.49. I'm in pajamas, brushed my teeth like an hour ago, and I've been editing this episode, so you know that I'm getting stuff done. I also shipped out all of my closet sale orders, which I feel so proud about because it took me less than 24 hours. Everybody paid, and it's all done. And I just sold a handful of stuff, so that's great. And I'm going to do a couple of giveaways on my Instagram this month, so stay tuned for those. And as always, if you guys ever want to just reach out to me and have a chit-chat, you can always DM me on Instagram. But like a surefire way to get me to reply would be to email me at info at K-A-R-S-Y-N-K, the letter K, Dupree dot com. Sorry, I don't know what I was about to say. But yeah, you can always just shoot me an email and I'll get back to you. That's kind of it for me, so I'm just going to like let you guys dive into this episode with Bryn. My name's Bryn Hunt Palmer, and I live in Austin with my husband, Richard, and two kiddos, Adelaide and Darwin, and a baby on the way in a couple months um, preparing for that. I host a podcast called The Birth Hour, and Carson, you've been on it. I wish we had looked up your episode number. I know. Um, We'll have to get that before the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's birth stories. It's moms sharing their birth stories, and I've been doing that for three years. Uh, Next month will be three years, and it's super fun. And I also... um, have childbirth education courses that are done online that I have been offering for about a year now and then recently jumped into the world of essential oils so I'm a young living distributor as well and I just am doing all the things but it allows me to work from home and be around for my kiddos with their not so flexible schedules I feel like kids in school like it's I don't know how parents do it when it's two full-time working parents because there's always something that comes up that's not convenient for normal working hours yeah I honestly like I my mom worked full-time whenever we were younger it's like different times though now that I'm thinking about it but like when I was in elementary school we would be picked up and dropped right back off at home and then she would go back to work for like two or three hours we would just yeah, stay I let home. myself in with a key yeah. I mean my mom was home for for a little while because I had a much younger brother and sister so she kind of like went through the cycle of having babies again um when I was about seven to ten 
But then, yeah, then she went back to work and we were just on our own. And now I like think about how I manage like what my kids eat for a snack and stuff. And I was probably just eating like cinnamon toast crunch every day for a snack. Mm -hmm. Doritos like come home and like eat a toaster (laughs) strudel or something. Oh my gosh. Yes. Can't even. Okay. So I'm sure that I've heard whisperings of it on your podcast, but. How did you get into the birth world? Was it your experience with your daughter that like made you fall in love? But I mean, you had a home birth with her. So you must have been exposed to that, you know, at some point. So what was that process like for you? Yeah, I think being one of those people that just researched like crazy while pregnant and even before I got pregnant, um, which is how I landed on the home birth in the first place. And then once you're in the home birth world, Mm -hmm. you are just immersed like everyone that you know that's having a home birth and all the, at least for us, like we lived in um, Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so our midwife had um, birth class and we would meet all the other moms that were also the home birthing families. And it was very much of a bubble. Like I've, I'm grateful for the birth hour because it's brought my awareness to be so much greater around all the different types of birth and um, reasons why people choose different things and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just became obsessed with reading other people's stories when I was pregnant with her because I just wanted to be as prepared as possible and try to predict what was going to happen to me, um, which is impossible to do, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really did um, have a few stories that I had read online that stuck out in my head during my labor with her and really helped me through certain parts of it. Um, and then now I hear that all the time from listeners of the birth hour. So I think that there's just so much power in hearing other people's stories. And I just fell in love with podcasts. Um, when my son was about one and we were commuting a lot where we lived. And so they just kind of came together, both things, loving birth stories and loving podcasts. And I just went for it. So how is, how is it like interviewing people and talking about their pregnancy and their birth story while you're pregnant? It's interesting. I have been a little bit more hesitant with (laughs) some of the like more traumatic um, birth stories. And typically every October we, um, we cover, I mean, we, we never don't allow people to talk about miscarriage and loss and things like that, but I really like to highlight some loss stories during pregnancy and infant loss awareness month, October. And I've been kind of thinking about what that's going to look like because I'm basically due like end of October, early November. Um, And whether my heart will be in a space for that or not. Um, And I think it just really depends on the woman. Every time we have a story like that, I always, you know, say at the beginning of the episode that if you're in a good place to listen to this, great. If not, like skip it, come back later, whatever you need to do. So um, I've been kind of thinking about that recently is what's going to be right for me. But it's been fun to to hear different perspectives. And I've heard so many different ones at this point. Like, I think we're up to almost 300 episodes or something. So not much surprises me anymore. So I think it would have been different if I was pregnant, like the first year we were doing it. Oh yeah. I mean, even me, like the, but the birth hour helped me so much because yeah, you were, you're exposed to a lot of different outcomes and a lot of different reasonings and you just kind of get, and honestly, I didn't, I didn't find the birth hour till I was like 35 weeks. So like, I had decided on a home birth based on, yeah, like you said, you just like become so immersed in all of it. And I was taking like home birth classes and I was just always with my midwife. It felt like, cause you know, you have her every week at that point for like an hour and a half and like, ah, 
Ali. And then they recommended it to, they mainly were recommending it for dads because I think it was like a recommending your podcast for the dads because it just kind of was a way for them to be exposed to an easy, you know, form of listening and learning about births and birth experiences where they didn't have to sit down and read anything. And I was able to send, I don't remember the episode number, but you had an episode and it was a lesbian couple and they, they went through a loss and then they, I don't really remember. Yeah, Viviana and Mariel. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that one had me and Colin both sobbing. I sent it to him. Oh, yeah. Because it was just I recorded such... that in person with them because oh. they live in Austin. And it was, yeah, it was intense for sure. It was so intense. And that was one of the ones that I really remember. And it was just, but it was such a redeeming story. And I'll have to find it and tag it in, in the show notes for everybody. But I loved that one. And yeah, some of them were really tough, but... I feel like you're all about representation as well. And you had a trans man on your podcast and that episode was so good. I loved that one. Yeah, he was just so well-spoken. <laughs> I mean, I have to give him all the credit for that. But um, yeah, it was a really great episode as well. Do you have family? I know that you've been in Portland and then Fayetteville, which is funny because my brother lived there for like, I don't know, like six years because he went to the university there. Um, and it's beautiful. I love it there. So did you live in Portland, Fayetteville, and now you're in Austin. So do you have family in Texas that can like help you out if you guys need that support? We have family in Houston, which is about three hours away. Um, so not really. Um, my mom lives in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, we're kind of spread out, but yeah, definitely have, have a good friend network here, which is something we did not have in Oregon. What so what brought you to Austin? Well, I'm from Houston, um, and never wanted to move back to Houston, but loved Austin. And when I was in college, I would spend my summers in Austin. And Richard and I lived in Austin for a bit, uh, right before we got married for about a year. Um, so we always kind of had a plan to move back here. We both have really good friends here and stuff like that. Um, and it was more like a five year plan when we were in Oregon. Um, but then some stuff came up about two years in that just kind of expedited it. And um, we ended up coming sooner. We move all the time. We've This is the longest we've lived in a, in a place. Uh, I guess it's been three years and change that we've been in this house. And that's the longest we've stayed anywhere. Anyway, I want to talk about starting a podcast because for me, it was kind of just like its own development. Like you said, like I was into podcasts. What was that process like just starting the podcast did you have like equipment I'm trying to think of like everybody out there who's like feeling inspired by your story and just like loves what you do because you have a top podcast um so getting started I always tell people it's it's pretty simple to get started the overhead is very low so as far as starting a business or even a hobby um you really don't need much you probably already have a computer and then a mic you need a microphone um and even a lot of people get by with just a headset or their earbuds or whatever. Um, so that was easy. And then the other thing I recommend is to just go ahead and record a few episodes before you really put much effort into it, because you want to make sure you actually enjoy that part of it. Um, and edit those episodes as well. Cause the editing is definitely the most time consuming part. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I just put feelers out in some, I think birth groups asking, if anyone would be interested in sharing their birth story on a birth story podcast. And this was before I even had like a logo or a name for the podcast or anything. And I had so much interest that that was really encouraging as well. Um, 
And I just went ahead and recorded my first episode. I can still remember doing it upstairs in my bedroom. Richard had taken the kids somewhere. And it was a V-back story. I think she was a doula. And I was just like grinning ear to ear at the end. I cried during it. I loved it so much. And I was just hooked at that point. Do you have any specifically that really like stood out to you? I know that you did interview one of your good friends that dealt with a loss. That one was so powerful for me. I was just like crying. Yeah, that's my friend Jenna, who's actually pregnant right now that I was talking about earlier. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it's so funny because whenever I do an interview, she comes up so much. But um, she was the reason we moved back to Austin was when she lost her son. Um, And I was there for that. And I just couldn't be away from her. Like, I just felt like I needed to be that support person for her. And um, when I got back to Oregon, I was in Austin visiting her for her baby shower when it happened. And when I got back to Oregon, I was just like looking for jobs, looking for houses, just needed to be in Austin. And luckily Richard supported that as well. And, um, and we were here, I think within maybe five months of, of that happening, we were able to make it happen. I think my favorites are all at this point, people that I have developed a relationship with, um, either since recording or, um, or knew them, you know, before, I think it's so easy to connect to someone when you already know them or, um, share such an intimate story like that. Um, I love V stories because there's just, there's such a struggle in our current maternity system to have yeah. a V back. And the moms that share those stories are typically very, you know, passionate about what that struggle was like for them. And then they have this triumphant outcome, um, and then there's some that are just funnier episodes, like Indiana Adams. Her episode's very funny. It was, I think, like episode three, very early on. Again, she's a friend of mine. Um, and then Blythe has a funny episode where she had had, I think, maybe like six home births and maybe five. And then she was pregnant again and was like, I am done. I did. I heard that one. an epidural and uh, went to the hospital and got an epidural. And it's just so funny because you heard it from her perspective of being so used to home births and her husband as well. And they're just like cracking each other up about how funny it is that she has a bag of her own urine hanging from the bed next to her. Cause she'd never had a catheter before and <laughs> she just cracks me up. So there's the funny ones. There's the ones I connect with. Um, but yeah, I don't have like a top five favorite episodes or anything. I'm always asking my, my birth hour mama's um, listener supporters uh, group on Facebook. I'm always asking them for their favorites so that I can know which ones to replay and stuff like that. Well, do you, since you do like deal with a lot of, a lot of positive energy, obviously, but so there is a lot of, you know, sad things. Do you have, do you ever feel like you need to like protect, how do you protect that energy whenever you are interviewing someone or do you just like feel the feelings with them as their story goes on? Like, do you find yourself crying a lot or is it something that you've kind of learned to just sit back and let them express? I cried a lot in the beginning. I cried pretty much every recording in the beginning, even when it was just like a really happy moment (laughs) that I was crying about. Um, and I guess it's kind of sad to say, but I've been a little bit desensitized to it. Um, I used to get really, I've talked a little bit, um, recently actually on my, um, essential oils account about the anxiety and stuff that I dealt with after my friend's loss. And there would be some episodes that were similar stories like that, where I would go back to that place where I would have basically panic attacks or diarrhea for days and things like that. Um, and that was really tough, but I think I've done a lot of healing since then and I'm able to 
compartmentalize a little bit better. So what role have essential oils played in your healing and your, you know, your health journey in general? Because I know that they are a big part of your life now. And for those that are listening that, you know, don't know a ton about it, or maybe have seen something, but have seen a bunch of different brands, like how has that become a part of your story? Yeah, I feel like I've just kind of fallen into it. I, um, you know, I'm one of those people that had always used, you know, lavender or peppermint or whatever from uh, that I picked up at Whole Foods or whatever. And then I was seeing some of my friends get really into just this full spectrum line of all these different oils and all these ways to use them. And, um, and some pregnant mamas that I was following on Instagram were using them and I just became very intrigued. And so I jumped on, uh, with a friend that I trusted, um, that was also a, a young living distributor and got my starter kit, which comes with some of those oils you're used to, like the peppermint and the lemon and the lavender, but then some other ones that I had never used before. And the cool thing about doing essential oils when we have the internet is these Facebook groups that um, our team has are so full of information. I have an entire group for pregnancy and breastfeeding and babies where I can ask any questions that come up, um, all these recipes for different things. And I'm like, it was just like with my home birth, I just like watched all the videos and read all the things and became really obsessed with it. And it's just another, you know, tool to use as a mom to kind of get through the days. And the one thing that I have been the most surprised about is the emotional support from different oils. And there's a lot of science to back up how our sense of smell connects to our brain and changes the way that we're perceiving things. And I don't know, like, I don't look into all that every time I bust out a bottle of oils, but I can speak to how I feel after I do. Um, and it's just been really, really cool. So, um, I didn't want to bombard my birth hour audience with my oil obsession because I know it's something that people are kind of either really into or really skeptical of, or just have never even thought about it, you know? So I think people have to kind of be ready to take the journey (laughs) to learn more about it. Um, so I created a separate, um, Instagram account, uh, bump to baby essentials is the name of it. And I share all about that stuff over there. And so people from the birth hour might, um, find me there and follow from there that are actually interested in it. Um, And so now I'm doing the business side of it, which has actually been even more fun than using the oils because we have these private um, business groups for our team. And it's the most positive group of women. I think there might be some men, but I do not hear from them ever. Um, They're so positive and like just cheering each other on. And it's mostly moms just trying to make, you know, extra income for their family. And every time somebody like hits a new goal. Everyone's celebrating. And I don't know, it's just been really fun. I think the birth hour was getting a little isolating. Um, I work completely solo, uh, from home, so I don't see or talk to a lot of other adults, um, in regards to work. And so this has been like this team spirit and, um, common goals and stuff. So I think, you know, network marketing or MLM, get a bad rap sometimes, but it's actually, that's the aspect of it that I like is that when someone on my team does well, I do well and vice versa. And, um, we can celebrate with each other. If you had to pick like top three, what are your top three that you use on like a daily basis? Or maybe even if it's not daily, what are your favorite ones to use? So 
probably my favorite is this roller that Young Living makes called Deep Relief. Um, and I use it, keep it in my purse and I use it on my neck and it's been so great for, I get this, like I get crazy neck tension and then it causes like headache pain and it's just a cycle that was no fun. Um, and worse in pregnancy when you can't just give in and take, you know, some Aleve or whatever to get rid of it. Um, so I use that one all the time and I've just been amazed by how it supports me. That's like my aha oil or whatever. Um, where I think you really just have to have some oils where you see the results and you're like, Oh, okay. These really do work. Um, so that one's been amazing. And then frankincense is one that came in my starter kit that took me forever to use. Cause it smells kind of like church. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just not like the best, in my opinion, the best smell in the world. Um, and so it took me a long time to use, but I kept seeing people posting about using it on their skin. And there's like a few recipes in our, in our team groups about like glow stick roller and all this stuff. Um, people saying it was like amazing for skin and my skin freaks out in pregnancy. So I was like, let's do this. And so I've just put it, been putting a drop in my moisturizer, um, every morning and every night, just like put my moisturizer in my hand and then add a drop of it. And, um, my skin is like smoother than it's been in a really long time. And I actually ran out of it recently and immediately or not immediately, but within, but within like three days noticed my skin was going back to kind of freaking out. And I was waiting on my order to come in, um, which did yesterday, I believe. So I'm back Yay. on it. Um, so that one's awesome. And then a third, oh, there's so many in the starter kit that are just like really good for specific things. Um, like lemon, I use all the time to get uh, stickers off of my furniture and my floors. My kids love stickers and I hate them because they get stuck on the floor and I can't get them <laughs> off. Lemon essential oil gets them off. It's amazing. Um, but there's another blend from Young Living called Valor. That is one of the ones I use for um, emotional support is what we like to call it. But basically like freak out moments or just in the car when my kids are like taking seven minutes to get buckled or whatever. And I'm like burning up and <laughs> just like, let's do this, guys. Um, that's one that I'll put on and it really just like calms me down. It's pretty, pretty awesome. That's hilarious. No, that's really interesting. I've heard of the Valor one and the lemon essential oil sticker thing that sounds like a game changer is it like goo gone it's like a natural goo gone exactly and I feel like not that many people know about goo gone which I learned about it from my stepmom years ago and so we've had it in the past but um I think it works better than goo gone it also gets sharpie off of my walls what sharpie off of like a dish anything it's I don't know it's crazy and then it smells amazing <laughs> so um yeah that was like the first one I ran out of from my starter kit was lavender and the second was lemon because I just, I use it all the time for that. You were mentioning earlier that you do offer different courses and I personally, I wish that I had had that before I gave birth to Phoenix, but it's awesome because it's not just for first time moms and maybe eventually I, if I get, I'm not pregnant everyone, but if I got pregnant again, um, it's something that I feel like would really help me and um, can you just kind of explain a little bit about what those are like and what the support is like in those groups? Sure. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of messages, DMs, emails, all these things from birth hour listeners asking me like really specific questions about birth or what they should say to their doctor and all these things. And I am not like qualified. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not a childbirth educator. I'm not even a doula. I just really love birth and that's how the podcast got started. But I wanted to offer people something that was in the spirit of the birth hour, which is know your options, make an informed decision that's best for you. And I happened to meet this childbirth educator, doula and lactation consultant, um, all in one woman <laughs> in Austin. And I was attending her um, childbirth courses, like her in-person ones, and was just blown away by her approach. And we hit it off fairly quickly. Um, and I, I just clicked for me. I was like, I will do the promoting and marketing and I'll brand at the birth hour and, um, and you do the content because she'd been teaching these classes for years and she really just needed to create it in an online format. So we partnered and it's called the know your options childbirth course. And it covers the final weeks of pregnancy up through, um, newborn care, postpartum care, breastfeeding. And then when you, um, sign up for that course, you also get a separate course that's called back to work breastfeeding. And we do sell that one um, separately as well for people who don't need the childbirth course. But so it's super comprehensive. It's very inclusive of all types of birth, all types of birthing locations and birthing people. Um, I'm super, super proud of it. And it's all online. You can take it at your own pace. You get lifetime access. We wanted to make it like good for the millennial and yeah, <laughs> and beyond like most people don't have time to go sit for a full Saturday at a course or every, you know, I think the Bradley method one is like 16 weeks of like what? a two hour class every week or something. It's crazy. And it's hard to get the time for that. It's hard to get your partner on board for that sometimes, especially when you're trying to bank, you know, work hours or whatever for when the baby arrives. So we found that the partners are really loving this format because you can just watch it on your couch at your own pace and like come back and review stuff. You have lifetime access. So, you know, future babies, if you want to review it, we've actually had, like you mentioned a lot of second time and even I think one or two third time moms sign up for the course, uh, which has been really cool. We get a lot of second time moms who just didn't have a great experience with the first one because they didn't do any research or take a course or anything. And so they're trying to have a different approach this time. Yeah. I think like now that I'm thinking about it, we did like a six week, thing and it was three hours a night um and it was at night it was like wednesday nights it was from six to nine and it was great i did learn a lot but it was just like absolute hell because i was pregnant as shit and i was just like always sitting in this chair and it was just the most uncomfortable thing and you got one bathroom break and like i love them like i love nova if anybody from nova is listening I loved it, but, like, I was just pregnant and uncomfortable, and if I could have done it from home, I totally would have. <laughs> yeah, I had the same experience, and it was with my midwife, you know, in her home or whatever, but still, it's like, there's only so many chairs and couches, and sometimes you got a, a decently comfort comfortable one, and sometimes you didn't, <laughs> and yeah. you had to pee all the time, and it's just not how I wanted to spend. I think it was the same six to nine um, for maybe like five weeks. So. Like I can't imagine having other children and having to be somewhere from six to nine, ev like every Wednesday yeah, for like six weeks. Impossible. Sounds um, terrible. And mine was so specific to home birth. It mine was taught too. by my, my midwife and, um, I learned a ton, but I look back now and I'm like, well, thank goodness I didn't transfer because I would have been a deer in headlights. I was not prepared for that at all. I mean, we briefly touched on it, but in the course, like we really, 
deep dive into that. I would say the course is more designed for a hospital birth than anything else. Although we do talk every time we talk about anything, we, you know, include all the different scenarios, but, um, I would have learned so much because you still get all the coping techniques and labor positions and all those things that I learned from my course, but you also get the, here's what to expect during check-in and here's what you can say if you want to decline something or, you know, it's just really good info. And uh, Stephanie, she's the childbirth educator. She's also doula that's been to, you know, over a hundred births. So she's seen it firsthand, which is really cool to have that perspective of someone who's kind of been in it and seen all the different possibilities and scenarios in person. Have you ever been to a birth that wasn't your own? I've been to one. I did birth photography for a hot minute when we lived in Oregon and I photographed a birth and that is the only one. I wish I could go to them all the time though. (laughs) I'm jealous of birth photographers because I don't think I could be a midwife or a doula I just don't have the stamina hours. Yeah. And then with birth photography, even like with two little kids, I just couldn't do the on-call lifestyle. Um, so I'm amazed by all the, the women that do do that. I mean, how do you stay so unbiased whenever you are giving such inclusive information? Like how do you make sure that, you know, these women feel informed or these people feel informed regarding like, statistics of birth and also their choices so everything that stephanie teaches is um evidence-based and so she stays really up to date on all the latest research and um so when she's presenting information she's uh very clear about these are the facts um and you know take from it what you will like it's still your call whether you want to do this or not um, but she really focuses on the evidence behind different, um, birth outcomes and situations. But then we're also very, you know, upfront from the beginning. The thing that we say is the two most important decisions that you'll make is where you give birth and who you give birth with. Um, and she's like, I can teach you all day long how to, you know, put off an epidural as long as possible or something like that. But if you've chosen a care provider who, loves epidurals, it's going to be an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Um, So be very diligent in making those initial decisions. And that is probably going to have the biggest impact. Um, At the same time, like she's also has great information about when epidurals are helpful. And, or if you just know you want one, um, here's how she recommends going about it so that it's beneficial to you and isn't going to hold you back in your labor and things like that. So she's just got this perfect combination of being a total geek about the research and the evidence and also the real life experience of here's how it's going to go down. Yeah. You know? So what, what if, if you don't mind me asking, what are you planning with baby number three? Are you planning another home birth? We are. Yeah. I don't think that, um, that I could ever, you know, do it another way, at least not planning it another way. I know it, who knows what'll happen, but, um, I, I had two great home births. My first one was very intense and you can hear both stories on the birth hour. Um, and I think that if I'd had that exact same experience in the hospital with a doctor that maybe I had never met before, she was born on New Year's Eve. So there's a good chance I would have gotten just whoever was the unlucky short straw that night, um, on call, Um, I think if I had had that experience, but you know, the same exact labor and birth, it would have been very, very traumatic. Whereas, um, even with a very intense situation, I just trusted my midwife so much and I was so comfortable in my own home that I 
I just felt like a superstar afterwards. I was like, I can't believe we just did that. You know, of course, yeah. recovery was hard and it was it was a very difficult labor and birth, but I just felt so supported. And that's what we hear all the time from our students as well Is even when birth takes this like unexpected turn, if they're surrounded by people that they feel are supporting them and informing them and not taking their choices away, they come out feeling triumphant regardless of how baby came out. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about your Facebook group, um, the birth hour mamas? Yeah. So, um, podcast listeners might, you know, know about Patreon, which is a really cool website that, um, is set up to support artists and it's really great platform for podcasters as well. Basically people who are, you know, super fans of your work can make a monthly contribution as a listener supporter, which um, for just $5 is, is what I have mine set up as they get access to a Facebook group. That's a private group where um, I hear all the time from those moms that it's just really supportive and they can get all these questions answered. No judgment zone, which mm-hmm. is so great. People, you know, always ask me if I'm going to set up a Facebook group for the birth hour. And I'm like, I don't have time to moderate one of those, but this is people who really want to be there, you know, that are paying to support me. So I think that's made a really big difference in the type of people that we've attracted there. Um, no one's paying to be a troll. (laughs) And, um, and then I also do bonus content. So we've got some dad episodes where my husband interviewed, um, dads, um, about, their birth, their wife's birth stories or their partner. Um, and then I've been doing these audio journals throughout my pregnancy, which has been another little bonus. And then sometimes I have, um, special guests on that only, um, that I only air them in the Patreon group. I had a pelvic, uh, floor health specialist come on and a doctor who, um, specializes in breech birth, stuff like that. So it's just a fun way to kind of give back to those people that are supporting me. And, um, I love it because it's a good, um, board for me to bounce ideas off of Mm -hmm. people that without putting it out into like the Instagram world where I'm going to get everyone's, you know, two cents. Um, I can just post a quick question and people will be honest with me. And, um, it helps me to really feel more connected to my listeners. I started it probably about a year ago. So I had been doing the podcast for two years before I started it. Um, so a lot of people had been listening for a long time and some were new and it's, it's been really fun. You should do a Patreon group. I've thought about it, but I just, I just, I feel like I was intimidated by the content that I would need to exclusively deliver. I was just like, what, what would I do? But I don't know. I'm listening and I'm getting kind of inspired. Yeah. And... With your art and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool. It's just a great way. Like, I mean, podcasts, it's totally free content for people. So I think that they are more supportive when you a like have sponsors or um, b start a, a listener support group or something like that. They get that we're putting a ton of effort and work into this free product for them every week. I mean, I do two episodes a week for yeah, three years now. It's a ton too. of time. And for the first two years, I did it while also working a full-time job. Do you want to let everybody know like where they can find you? Because you have three accounts that I keep up with. <laughs> that I can tag, I will tag all of them, but do you want to like break it down for everyone? Sure. So the birth hour, um, on Instagram and it's the birthhour.com, which is where you can, you know, link out to the podcast and all the resources and the course and everything is there. And then my personal account is just Bryn Hunt Palmer and it is private, but 
if you request, just send me a message so that I know you're, you know, legit. (laughs) And I will totally approve you. I just couldn't deal with one more account where I had to worry about that. So, um, and then my essential oils account is bump to baby essentials. And I've been sharing all about just using oils in pregnancy and soon with baby and also with my kids. My kids are like my little, um, models my daughter loves making insta stories and stuff my son not so much (laughs) yeah do you have any resources like birth resources or it can even be like oil resources uh, that you want to share with everybody sure so on the birth hours website thebirthhour.com i actually have an entire tab called resources there it is Um, (laughs) and i break it down pregnancy birth breastfeeding postpartum and then just like motherhood um and i've been blogging a little bit more about you know personal stuff recently but yeah that's my best because that's not just my favorite resources but I've compiled all of my guests um, resources because on every podcast episode I ask for resource recommendations and I put them on the show notes of course but then I also try to push them over into that library so people can just have everything in one place well thank you so much for coming on the podcast thanks for having me Carson's so fun it's fun to be on the other side of the mic and also to just be talking to you because I'm always watching your I know we keep up with each other I feel like I'm there sometimes but 